Hello, my name is Hyun Sung Kang and welcome to this podcast produced by the International Monetary Fund. Political unrest in the Middle East and North Africa over the last year and the so-called Occupy Wall Street movement around the world, despite being very different to popular protests, had at least one thing in common. In the early days, both were ignited in part by protests against growing inequality. Now, there was a time when some economists believed inequality was part and parcel of economic growth. Take the example of Yale economist Arthur Oaken, who argued in a seminal text in 1975 that promoting greater equality was simply not efficient. But that's just not so, say two IMF economists, Jonathan Ostry and Andrew Berg, who recently wrote an article in the IMF's Finance and Development magazine, arguing that you can only get true sustainable growth with greater equality. They join me now to discuss their findings. Jonathan Ostry, let me begin with you. I sort of feel that I've given away the plot of your novel by coming to the conclusion, so let me take a step back. You find that there's a correlation between equality and growth. Tell me about that correlation. We started working on the sustainability of growth actually a few years ago, long before the protesters uh, were in anybody's mind. Um, and what happened was, uh, as the events in the Middle East began to unfold, I think the IMF's management sort of wanted to be engaged in the debates that were fueling these, um, these protests. But, of course, inequality issues, issues of inclusive growth, are not necessarily central to the IMF's mandate. And so the question was posed, well, how do we engage on these issues and still stay faithful to our own mandate? And the point that I made in, in some of these meetings was basically that, you know, macroeconomic stability and the sustainability of growth are actually central to the IMF's mandate. What we discovered in the empirical work we did a few years ago was that inequality is actually very important and that uh, countries and societies that um, grow for an extended period tended to have more equal distributions of income than countries that had short though perhaps quite vigorous spurts of growth. These, the, these short and, and perhaps vigorous spurts of growth are actually quite common. What is more unusual, much more unusual, is very sustained periods of growth. And for those sustained periods of growth, you really see a preponderance of societies with relatively equal distributions of income. So you identified equality as an important determinant of sustainable and continuous growth over a long period. Andy Berg, let me turn to you. How important is this a factor compared to other determinants of growth? Tell me how relatively important this factor is. Sure. You know, you can imagine that it's hard to figure out from the data how this all works. Uh, it's complicated. A lot of things are going on at once. And there's only so many experiences around the world with, with long growth spells. But it turns out that pretty much no matter how you define growth spells and no matter what other factors you include at the same time, inequality stands out as one of the most or the most important determinant. You know, if you look at Latin America and East Asia, Latin America historically has had much shorter growth spells than East Asia. And it's also a more unequal, there tend to be more unequal countries. If you could just move... Uh, Latin America halfway towards East Asia in terms of income distribution, so they became half as unequal as they were relative to East Asia, then their growth spells would double. So it's a, it's a very big effect. 
every, holding everything else constant. Wow, that's so quite a, a big significant effect. growth. Um, yeah, so it's a, it's a very big effect. Jonathan Oshry, that, that sort of brings me to my next question. You have found this correlation between inequality and, and poorer economic growth. How are you convinced that this correlation is actually causation? And a way of rephrasing your question is what are the mechanisms uh, through which uh, inequality of various kinds um, can arrest uh, growth episodes? One of them, which is, which is very important, is that when something bad happens, like an unfavorable shock, um, unequal societies find it much more challenging, much more difficult to uh, deal with the uh, economic consequences of that shock and to take the necessary policy measures to mitigate the impact, to make the best of a bad situation. So does this lead to social unrest, like it we're seeing could, in the Middle East? It could well do. Uh, it could lead to social unrest, but it could also lead to just um, a worse economic performance than in a situation where there's more equality and you can have buy-in from the people for the necessary policy adjustments. But that's not the, the only mechanism that one can think of. And, and there, we mention a couple of others in, in our work. One is that you know, when societies are very unequal, the incentives to invest in human capital, which is a key component to sustained growth, may not be there. Poor people who, who aren't likely to participate in the gains um, uh, may not may not uh, either have the opportunities or the capacity to in to make human capital investments, and a third mechanism is that very unequal societies tend to be politically rather unstable, and I think we're seeing that in the Middle East, but we've seen it in other episodes, and in such situations. Uh, physical capital investment, investments of various kinds, may not be forthcoming. And we, we all know that investment is critical to growth. So given your findings, do you think that governments should then therefore be engaged in a whole-scale reform of their taxation to redistribute wealth? What's the policy implications of your findings? Well, I do think we have to be cautious about being too specific from our findings. We know, and some people at the World Bank have put it, that there's in a way, good inequality and bad inequality. I mean, at the beginning of the reforms in China, one of the first things that happened was to give incentives to Chinese farm, more incentives to Chinese farmers. That surely increased inequality among Chinese farmers. You know, some took advantage of it and some didn't, and inequality went up. And yet we know that unleashed a huge explosion of productivity and development that has led to this huge reduction in overall po poverty in China. So we wouldn't want to say, no, I, you know, one wouldn't want to say, eliminate, fight, do everything one can to eliminate all inequality. What our findings suggest is that on the whole, and given where countries mostly are, less inequality is associated with, with, with uh, uh, longer growth. So what do we do about it? In one of our papers, we talk a bit about some of the, some of the policy implications. You know, there's some things that seem like win-win strategies. We used to think, as, as, as Arthur Oaken said it, that, that, that policies that reduce inequality are almost surely bad for growth because they're inefficient. For every dollar you spend on the poor, you probably have to tax a dollar twenty. That that can't be good for growth. But maybe it's good to do anyway, he thought. And we would argue that no, if you can up to a point and if you can do it even reasonably efficiently, you can both reduce inequality and promote growth. John the Nostri, let me finish by asking you a very impossible question. You've seen the occupation movements not only in New York but around the world. Are they a warning signal to governments? What do they mean to you? 
I don't know if they're a warning because they're they're coming after the financial crisis, right? So they're to me they're more a reaction to uh, to a period of high unemployment, to a sense that um, that the gains from the boom have not been widely shared, and uh, that um, you know people who have not necessarily been the main beneficiaries during the boom are are actually paying dearly during this period of of recession and slow growth in the in the way that they are losing their jobs uh their their houses are getting foreclosed on etc cetera, etc cetera. so to me it's 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 not so much a warning uh, uh as it is a reaction and a plea for uh the authorities to come to grips with the situation and pursue policies that are going to accelerate recovery from this period of of recession and that was Jonathan Ostry and Andy Berg. And you can read their article on equality and efficiency. Is there a trade-off between the two or do they go hand in hand? To be found in September's issue of Finance and Development magazine on www.fandd.org.